This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. God is so good. Hallelujah. Listen, today we're going to continue camping out in the Word. Hallelujah. The Word of God. <laughs> Look, we can't get away from it. We shouldn't even want to get away from it. <laughs> we should want to stay in His Word day and night. And everything in between, we should want to be in the Word of God. Why? Why, 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 Pastor? Why you say that? It's power. And there's authority in that Word. Hallelujah. The more of it you get in, get in you the more power and the more authority you can walk in. See, we're kingdom citizens. See, see, we're walking through this world, but but this is not our kingdom. We're citizens of a higher kingdom. And in order for us to walk in the authority of that kingdom, we got to have this word. (laughs) See, we 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 can't complete our kingdom assignments if we don't go through the kingdom training, which means you're going to have to open the kingdom manual up to get the training. See, you can't never get the understanding if you never open the manual. If you never open the book, you can't get the understanding. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we, we've been talking about the Word of God and, and, and it has the power to, to heal. And last week, we, we focused on the fact that not only does the Word of God heal us from our sin sickness, but it heals us from our, our physical sickness, but it also heals us from emotional sickness. And we saw the Holy Spirit just swoop in here last week and begin to, just to, 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 to correct some stuff and to heal some hurts and to, to do some work in some hearts, mending some hearts on last Sunday. See, many of us have endured hurts, and we've endured all types of things, offenses, disappointments, and broken hearts, and all that kind of stuff that left us emotionally wounded. See, guess what? We got emotions. Y'all do know that, right? We got emotions. And sometimes they can get wounded because they're fragile. But thank God for His Spirit. His Holy Spirit moved on here. We, we focused last week on Isaiah 53 and 5, and, and I just, man, God just, He just continues to just, just open up our understanding of His Word. Remember that scripture last week we talked about, it said, but He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement, chastisement, guess what? For our peace was upon Him. And by his stripes we are healed. See, remember I, I focused on the text where it says the chastisement for our peace. Now, you know, peace is not physical. Peace is emotional. That's a place in your emotions. And God was letting us know, hey, I, I also made some, some provisions for your peace. Because I want you to have peace. I want you to, 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 to have shalom. What is that? It's this inward sense of completeness and wholeness. Nothing lacking. Completeness. Wholeness. Internally. Inward. And if you got an inward peace, it's going to reflect externally. 
But if you don't have an inward peace, it's also going to reflect externally. But we thank God for his provision for our emotions. Because some of us are emotional. I used to be emotional. I still, I still, emotions still come in sometimes and um, women, what's up with that? Yes, that's how God made us. It's not odd. But Jesus, man, we, we read from, from Isaiah's prophecy, but then Jesus and Luke, he, he, look, he, he, he loved us so much, he wanted to let you know, okay, well, I'm the one who's going to bring this to pass. I'm the one that's going to mend these broken hearts. I, I'm, I'm the one, you know, sometimes hearts can be shattered. I talked about it last week. You know, a broken heart, it's nothing like a broken heart. I told you, I shared my first time. I got my heart broke last week. Y'all was laughing because I was in the third grade. I ain't going to tell the story again. If you, if you missed it, you got to go watch it. But yes, and sometimes your heart, man, you, when you talk about, and when you, 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 you relate this thing to a, a, a piece of glass, a mirror that is shattered. You ever try to put glass back together? Sometimes it's pieces that's so fine, there's no way you're going to fit them back where they belong. And that's what happens when there's a broken heart, when there's broken hearted, you know, when there's broken heartedness. It's, it's a place where you can't do nothing to put it back. Oh, but Jesus can. He, he, he said that, 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 that he will provide healing because he's the mender of the broken hearts. Not only that, but he said, I'm going to set you free from the bondage of uh, uh, this emotional, emotional torment and distress. See, Jesus overcame the world. He, he paid the price for us. He, look, it was because of his, he paid the ransom so we can be free from the bondage. That yoke, yoke, that yoke of bondage that the enemy put upon us. He paid it all. Hallelujah. All we got to do is just accept it and walk in it. Then he said, he going to even comfort those who mourn. <sighs> he, 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 he's going to bless those. He, he's going he, to, not only that, he's gonna, he said he's going to give them beauty for your ashes. And I told you, in order for something, for ashes to be the result, that means whatever it was got burned up. And, and you ever seen a beautiful ash? I haven't. Because it's what's left over after everything burned up. But he said, I'm going to give you some beauty for that stuff. Then he said, I'm going to give you some oil. I'm going to give you some oil of joy. I'm going to pour some, some of my joy on you for your morning. And that joy, when the joy hit you in the morning, got to, got to get out the way. He didn't leave it right there, but then he said, I'm going to give you a garment. I'm going I'm to I'm drop this, this, this cloak, this, this, this cloak of praise on you. For the spirit of heaven to see you're heavy because of, because of all, the, all the stuff that's on you. But I'm going to drop this thing on you. It's going to be, oh my, it's going to be so relaxing, so it's going to be so relieving. He's going to remove the heaviness with a garment of praise. See, we were praising God today. Guess what was happening? Guess what was happening when you in the midst? That's why, that's why we had to have that moment. Because what God was doing, he was pouring the oil. And he, he was giving, he, look, the garment of praise. So that means, guess what? Heaviness was being lifted off of you. So you're no longer walking around there oppressed and depressed and all beat down because, oh my God, 
I got that joy now. But I told you last week that the key to us, under, you know, receiving it, this emotional healing that God has provided for us, is found in the Word. Remember, I told you, you got to let the Word of God get deep in your heart. It got, look, when the seed comes, see, the seed is the Word of God. And God's Word is good. See, this is, it's no contaminated seed. It's no seed that's mixed with weeds. It's no seed that has nothing in it other than goodness. So his seed, when he plants it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to yield a good fruit if we let it get in there and if we cultivate it. If we remain steadfast, if we continue to, 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 to you know, cultivate that seed, it's going to grow. It's going to bear some fruit that's going to give God glory. But you got to let the seed get in there. Hallelujah. And you got to keep the other junk out. How many of you got gardens? I know some of y'all got some gardens in the house. Uh huh? The only thing growing is what you plant. <laughs> Did you plant the weed? But it always finds a way to come in there, doesn't it? That's what happens to us. God's seed is good. <clears throat> Word of God. And then we get that seed. Where in the world did the weed come from? Because <laughs> I ain't never known nobody to plant a garden. And I'm going to put a few weeds in there too. And that's why we're going to focus. I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the enemy. And that's why today we're going to focus on the fact that the Word of God gives us power over the enemy. So don't mind me today if I get excited, if I start stomping, because y'all already know I can't stand the devil. I can't stand it. He is not my friend, and I don't mind the world knowing. We ain't got nothing in common. Get on my nerve. Can't stand it. <laughs> Y'all do realize that there's an adversary. That, that we got this adversary. We, 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 you know, he stands in opposition to every believer. How many believers we got in the house? Okay, well, you got an enemy. So if you, didn't, if you thought everything was good, I, I'm here to tell you some good and bad news. The bad news is that you got an enemy. There's a target on your back. The good news is we got power to defeat the enemy. See, the devil, he opposes everything about us that's like God. Because he hate God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to take God's place. And he got kicked out because of that. And he has a fate that's already sealed. And see, he got, he got double jeopardy because he, he got kicked out. Look, and then he got defeated again when Jesus came because he thought he had won something because he caused man to fall. But God said, okay, you think you got this? You still, your fate is still sealed. So he's trying to do everything he can do to oppose God's plan in your life. Now, I always say this, the devil cannot stop the plan of God 
for your life. He can't stop. Because if he can stop the plan of God, that means he, he can stop God. But he can't stop the plan of God. What he does, he tricks us to allow him in. To mess everything up. See, understand something. His desire, he's on an all-out assault. He, 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 he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. You do realize that, right? I want to let y'all know. Look at somebody and say, the devil's not your friend. Look at somebody and tell them, the devil is not your friend. And then look at him and say, he want to kill you. He want to steal your life. And he want to destroy you. Now, if you can find friendly in any of those three things, please let me know. Because I don't find nothing friendly about that at all. We're in a war. Y'all do realize it's a constant battle that we're in. And the thing about it is this enemy is relentless. He don't take no time off. And we got to stop taking time off and thinking we're going to win the victory. See, if you're in a war, you can't take time off. You got to keep fighting. Whew. Ephesians 6 chapter, Paul, he gives us some specific things regarding uh, this warfare. And, and this is a very familiar passage of Scripture in, 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 in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. He gives us some instruction because, he, look, you're in a war, and you got to understand that you're in this war. And so this is what he says. He says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, it's not about your might, because our might is no match for the enemy. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He letting you know he's coming. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Stop Pointing your finger at your brother and your sister in Christ and understand who your enemy is. Yes. Stop always trying to criticize one another or trying to find fault in each other. And, and look, and start telling the devil, oh, you a liar. Oh, you a loser. Oh. Yes. See, we'll jump on each other, but we won't talk to the devil. It's time for us to put him in his place. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Look at somebody and say, stand. stand. See, Paul was letting us know that this is not a physical battle. And we got to stop trying to, to, to make it through this life, trying to, 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 to take on the spiritual warfare that we're in with physical means. Because we'd be quick to shoot at our brother or sister or something that we see that we don't agree with or we don't like. We got a whole lot to say about that. But we don't never talk about the devil and putting him in his place. See, see we can't use human strength and human strategies against spiritual wickedness. Because it don't work. It doesn't work. 
Now, now each year we celebrate Veterans Day here at this church, and we, we got members of, 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 of every branch of service that, that are part of this ministry, and I look forward each year of watching you when your song plays and watching you stand up, and we salute you, and we just celebrate with you, and we're so thankful for, 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 for your years of service to this country. But it doesn't matter what branch you joined or branch you served in, at some point in time while you were in active duty, you were issued some gear. You were given some things that, that, that you needed in order for you to be prepared for combat. Because you didn't go into the military just, oh, I'm a, I'm a, that's going to be my new job. No. <laughs> you went into the military to serve. And you went into the military because there, 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 there needs to be individuals in place to protect the country and to protect the interests of the country, which means there's a possibility when you went in that you could end up right in the middle of a war. Now, now everybody was given some gear. But now, now, now I, I like this one here because we, 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 got, we, we have one Reverend... Dr. Darrell Jones, he wasn't only given the gear that a lot of others got, but he was given an F-15 Eagle jet. I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, that thing probably cost about, what, $80 million? Yes, sir. So, so they trusted him. With an $80 million piece of equipment, that was gonna protect us from the airways, because you can't do the air thing from the ground. But they trusted him with that piece of equipment, which means he had to know something about it to be able to use it. Y'all tracking with me? You gotta know something about it. to be able to use it. But God has given us, us kingdom citizens. How many kingdom citizens? Raise your hand again. See, he's given us some gear. And I'm not going to go into all the gear because, you know, our gear is, is, is the armor of God and, and it's found in Ephesians 6 chapter. I'm going to read the verses and I'm going to kind of just mention them, but I'm not going to go into every one of them because, you know, I know most of us, it, it, it will be, you know, just a, repeating it and letting, you know, just, but there's some baby Christians in here too. But, but it says this, stand, for, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith for which you're able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah, it's a refresher for some. But we want to make sure that everybody understands that what God has given us, just like the military, issues, gear. God has given us some gear. Six vitally important elements, components, pieces, however you want to define it, of gear that we need to have. Then we read the scripture and it says to put on the what? Whole 
That means you can't go out there with half the gear on, half the armor on, thinking that you're going to be successful. He says, put it on. And then what did it say at the end? To do what? Oh, only a couple of y'all got that one. Stand. But the first five elements are exclusively defensive. So we got some defensive elements, some defensive pieces of gear that protect us from our head to our feet. What? What? The, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. You got, you got the gospel of peace. You got the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. See, those are, those are our defensive weapons. See, the military has defensive weapons, and it has offensive weapons. And God has done the same for us. So the first, the first five, we can defend ourselves in the spiritual battle, but we need the sixth piece in order for us to, to, to be on the offensive. And so the sixth piece he gave us was the, the sword of the Spirit. That's our only offensive weapon. And guess what the sword of the Spirit is? The Word of God. That's what it is. The Word of God. Now, I shared this before, and I want to share this again. I shared this, this illustration one time before about the Roman soldiers in Paul's day, you know, they, they had this weapon. It was called a gladius. It was this mighty sword. And this thing was, was sharper than anything. It, it was sharp on both ends. It was, the point was so pointed that, it, you know, it could penetrate whatever it needs to penetrate. You know, and so, 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 so it was about 18 to 24 inches long. So it was, it was something that they could easily pull out of the sheath and handle. It wasn't so big that they, you know, almost going to hit themselves with it, but it was, it was just enough. And in the hands of a skilled soldier, it, listen, that, that, that somebody who, it was a fear, fearsome and a very lethal weapon. And if the soldier really knew how to use that thing, he was unstoppable. And not only did he, if he knew how to use it, but he wasn't afraid to use it. Because see, sometimes we got the word, we got our weapon, but we scared to use the weapon. This weapon was so lethal that, that, that it had earned the reputation of being, being uh, uh, the sword that conquered the world. But how many of you know that, that no matter how great that gladius, it pales in comparison to the sword or the spirit? And when you look at the two, this doesn't look too intimidating, does it? That sword looks a little intimidating. But that thing can't compare to this weapon right here. See, the thing is this. This weapon wasn't forged by hands. It wasn't something that was tempered by fire that, that man was doing. This is a, this is a, a divine weapon. <laughs> it's divine. It has a divine origin. Why? It came from God. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses, beginning at verse 3. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Y'all do realize, that's what I said a few minutes ago. Stop fighting each other. Know who your enemy is. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. See, letting us know that the weapon we need to fight the battle that we're in is not made by flesh. It's divine. See, the Word of God, that's why the Word of God is the only, you know this is only one offensive weapon that God gave us to, 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 to fight against the schemes of the enemy. He only gave us one. Ask me why. It's the only one you need. Y'all thought it was going to be something deep, didn't you? It's the only weapon you need. <laughs> But think about it. What would happen? What would happen if, 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 if we were like those soldiers, those Roman soldiers who, who trained and learned how to use that weapon to perfection? Man, what if we learn, if we train and understood how to use our sword of the spirit and we weren't afraid to use it against the enemy. Man, just think, what in the what, man, what could we accomplish? How many demons and devils will be fleeing every time they see, when you come nearby, when they see your shadow coming, they already fleeing and running because they know what you coming with is something they can't handle. But there, there are two primary Greek words in the New Testament that are translated words. See, we're talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, this is how we're going to have our victory. It's two. The first word is the logos. And it refers to all the inspired, written Word of God. And also to Jesus, who's the living Word. Remember I told you, we have the living and we have the written Word of God. Give me a couple of examples in the, in the Scripture. John 1.1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can look that up. The, the Word used there is Logos. Luke 8 and 11. This is the parable. This is Jesus saying that. This is the parable. The seed is the Word of God. Logos. Even in the text that we just, I, I talked earlier about, in, in, in Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, uh, for the word of God is living in the act of shopping in any two-edged sword. Word of God in that context as well. It's talking about logos. But there's a second New Testament word that's also translated word. I'm talking about word. In the Bible. And that's the Greek word rhema. You ever hear people say, God, give me a rhema word. See, what is a rhema word? A rhema word is a word that's spoken. A word of God that's spoken. Not your words. Not my words. But it's spoken for a specific situation. Rhema. Let me give you a couple of examples. Luke 5, 5. Simon Peter answered, he, he talking to Jesus. He said, Master, we toiled all night and we took in nothing. But at your word, I'm going to let down the nets. What was it? They weren't catching nothing. 
He told him to cast your net on the other side. That was a direct word to do something. Specific to their situation. What was the situation? They weren't catching no fish. So he told him to put the net on the other side. We ain't caught nothing all night. But at your word, God, I'm going to drop the net on the other side. See, that's a rhema. Paul, Paul in Acts uh, uh, eleven sixteen, he said this. He said, and I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water. But you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why is that rhema? Because he remembered, because why? He had just experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He was seeing people being filled. Oh, I remember that God spoke that word. That was specific to them being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me make it real simple. I'm going to make this real elementary. If, if you want to look at them from this perspective, Logos is the big river. Rhema is a cup from the river. You can't get no simpler than that. Notice that you didn't go get your cup from some other source, but you got the rhema word of God has to come from the logos word of God. So don't go get nothing from somebody else, some other source, and tell them that's rhema. If it didn't come from the logo source, which is all the written word of God, it's not God's rhema word. It might be a word from somebody, but it ain't God's. As I love God's word because he, he makes it so plain. All we got to do is just dive into it and kind of get God, Lord, help me understand it. And when he does, you'll be like, wow. That's what that meant. All the time. I've been wasting all this time. We just finished talking about Ephesians 6.17. We talked about the offensive weapon. We talked about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But don't you know if you look up that word when it, in that text, if you look it up where it says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the, when that word, word is looked up, guess what it's going to say? Rhema. Why do you think that's rhema? See, because when you are in a battle, you got a specific thing you're trying to achieve. When the enemy is coming at you, he's coming at you for something specifically. And so when you come back at him, you need to have a specific weapon that you're going to use to shut him down. So you can't just say, the Bible say. Because you know the devil know the Bible. Y'all don't believe that? Have you read the scripture? He was quoting the Bible back to Jesus. I'm going to show you in a minute. He know the Bible. So if you don't know it, <laughs> see, see, we can only defend ourselves against specific situations if we understand the, the specific words of God that he gives us to battle with. Otherwise, you can't fight. See, rhema, man, when you're using rhema words, that's how you beat the devil down. 
That's how you put him in his place. Because you say, oh, no. And you give him the, um, the specifics of it. Jesus is our greatest example. And I believe that's in there for, uh, for a reason. God wanted us to know that, oh, yeah, the devil even came to tempt Jesus. Newsflash. Y'all know what I'm going to say, right? If the devil tempted Jesus, why in the world do you think you're going to get through here and he ain't going to bother you? <laughs> look, look, look. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we find full accounts of, of Jesus being tempted by Satan. And in, in, in the fourth chapter of Matthew, you know, Jesus was just, he was baptized. And he, you know, John just baptized him. He came out of the water. He was, you know, he'd been confirmed as the son of God. And guess who was waiting? He went into the wilderness to fast 40 days. But guess who was waiting on him? Satan. The devil. Jesus, son of God, just came up. Dove just came down. He'd been confirmed as the son of God. An old sloop foot waiting on him. We come to the altar. We get saved. We run. Everything's great. We go out. And then when the devil messes with us, I can't believe the devil messes with me. I just got saved today. Jesus, baptized, son of God, sent to earth, confirmed as the son of God. Devil waiting on him. <laughs> So the devil comes in verse 3. Look, look what he says to him. If you are. Now he just got confirmed. And then he comes right behind that. If you are the son of God. Command these stones to become bread. Why? He had been fasting for 40 days. He knew Jesus was hungry. Physically hungry. So what did he do? He tried to attack him where he thought he was weak. I know you're hungry, you're, you're famished, you, you need some physical food. So if you the son of God, why don't you turn the stones into some bread? Oh, but Jesus, Jesus had a rhema word. He didn't just have a word. He had a rhema word for the enemy. Matter of fact, he quoted from Deuteronomy 83. He said, oh, it's written. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone. Look, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he hit him, smacked him right back, bam, with a rhema word. Come telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. But the devil didn't quit. What did he do next? He, he, he took him on top of, uh, top of the temple. He said, look, again, if you the son of God, throw yourself down. Because here it is, for it is written. It's the devil now, for it's written. He's going to throw it, it is written at Jesus. That's why you got to know your word. That's why we've been, we've been staying right here, because it's so important that you understand how much you need God's word in your heart. Because without it, you're like a ship without a sail. Whatever wind blows, it's going to knock you wherever it wants you to go. But what did he say? He, he said, for it's written, for he should give angels charge over you 
Now here he is, he quoting the word of God back to Jesus. Oh, but Jesus, he was ready. He, oh, I got another rhema word for you, Satan. It's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Notice he said, your God. He was letting them know, oh, you ain't God over nothing over here. Oh, oh, we clapping, but the devil didn't stop there either. That's why I don't understand why we think he going to leave us alone. He ain't going to leave you alone. Took him up on the mountain. And he looked down, look, 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 look at all this over here. I, he telling Jesus now, I can give you all of this if you bow down and worship me. But I think by that time, Jesus had enough. Like, look, man, this he done got on my last nerve. See, 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 that's how I feel. See, the enemy, he, he get on my nerves. I, I just, I, I can't stand him. And, and that makes me just work even harder to, to let him know how much defeated he is, how badly defeated he is, how much of a loser he is. Because he get on my nerves. I can't stand him. I believe he got on Jesus' nerves because by this time, Jesus said, away with you. I believe Jesus is ready. <laughs> He, 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 he said, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Rhema, Rhema. See, in every situation there, Jesus spoke a specific word for what the enemy was trying to do against him. See, the war that he was trying to wage with him, he, he had, oh no, I got a, a rhema word. I got this sword of the spirit that I'm going to use against you. He didn't fly off his emotions. Look, he was hungry too. He, he didn't go, you know, he wasn't exasperated. Just said, okay, whatever. I, whatever, I just need to get something. He, look, he didn't even call a friend on the line. He didn't, he didn't use a lifeline and say, hey, let me call a friend right quick and ask them what they think. Now, ain't nothing wrong. I'm all for us getting together and praying for one another. But you got to get the Word of God for yourself. Because sometimes you're going to be in a situation where you can't call your friend. You better have something in you in the midst of that battle. <laughs> see, 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 let me, let me encourage you a few times, a few moments here. See, when the enemy tells you you're a loser because he loves to make you feel like you're worthless. So you get that, that rhema word from Romans 8, 37. It says, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Look, he tells you that nobody cares about you. You ain't nothing. You, look, you get a rhema word from Psalm 17. It says this, that, that I'm the apple. You say nobody cares about me, but the Bible says that I'm the apple of God's eye. So if I'm the apple of his eye, it don't matter what nobody else say. He tell you, look, that you rejected that. Don't nobody want you. Don't know. look. You, then you go to First John three and one, and he said, God loves me so much that He adopted me as His child. He, he didn't bring me in as no stepchild, but He adopted me and He made me an heir, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. When He tell you, look, you ain't gonna never be healed. That's when you gotta get. Oh, you go in Isaiah, you grab fifty three and five, and you say, Oh no, devil, because the Bible says that by His stripes I'm already to heal, but you got to have the rhema word in order to fight the enemy. 
and you got to hit him specifically with that sword based on what God says for your circumstance. That's why I told you last week, whatever you're going through, go search the scriptures and find, guarantee you, you're going to find some word of God in there that's going to be able to defeat the enemy regarding your circumstance. But if you never go and find out what the Word of God says, then you're out there with an empty sheath, and you got nothing to pull out when it's time to go to war. <sighs> See, understand something. If Jesus experienced a spiritual attack from the enemy, you better believe that we are. But just like he was victorious using the Word of God, rhema word, skillfully we can do the same thing with the sword that he has given us. All right, real quick, real quick, real quick. There are three important things that you got to remember, though. First, it's not personal. Stop making it personal. See, see, the spiritual attack that you're under is not because of you. Devil don't even know your name. All he knows is that you accepted Jesus. So you become an enemy. He wants to stop Jesus. He wants to stop God. He wants to defeat the plan of God, but he can't. So what he does, he attacks you. He attempts to stop you. He attempts to stop the plan of God. The only way he succeeds is based on what you allow him to do. because he knows that he's defeated. He's powerless against God. His fate is already sealed. So what he does, he tries to trick you, make you believe that he got some power. He ain't after you. He wants to stop the plan of God through your life. See, he, he wants to be able to say, oh, look at the failure there. Oh, I, you know, I, I did something else to, 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 to cut off the plan of God through those individuals, but his plan is still the same. Just like with Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to bow down to him. He was trying to get Jesus to do things that, that, that out of character. But Jesus used some it is written. I remember Pastor Ron, he, he talked about that a, a while ago. He was, he, pre, he, he was on a Wednesday night, I believe it was, and made it be on a Sunday. He said, you better get you some it is written. Because you're going to need them. See, ain't no personal vendetta against you. We make it personal when we start going against each other. See, what he want to do? He want to get you to turn your back on God. That's what he was trying to get Jesus to do. He going to bow down and worship him. Next, next point. Your training matters. Ask any veteran that's in the house or any active duty military individual that's in the house today. Training matters. They wouldn't allow Reverend Dr. Darrell to fly that plane if he didn't know how. He's a handsome man. They weren't going to say, I'm going to let you do that, man, because you, you're a shop-looking dude. You look good in your uniform. So we're going to give you this $80 million plane, and I want you to just go ahead and take it in the air. No. You got to train. How would they be going to get through here and use this weapon if we don't train? Training matters. I used to be a runner. I stopped running because my knee stopped bothering me. I said, okay, I don't know, doctor, tell me, I'm, you'll keep running. I'm, I'll give you a new knee. I said, no, you're not. 
I'm going to keep the one God gave me. So I started riding my bike again, getting on the road. But when I first started riding, I couldn't jump out there and jump with the groups and ride. I used to call, I used to text Keith Hamlin because Keith was an avid rider. He's a, he's, I mean, he was a strong rider. I used to text him. This is a couple of years ago, texting him. Hey, Keith, how fast y'all be going? <laughs> I, I, he, he'll tell me, he'll be running about 17, 18, 19 miles an hour. He, I, oh, I'm just at about 13 or 14. He said, don't come out here yet. <laughs> he was telling me because he knew I was going to come out there. I was going to mess myself up. But I began training. I began riding. I began doing things to build strength and stamina so I can get a cadence that I can keep up with the people that are riding, that have been riding for a long time. I'm still, I'm still a work in progress. But I got to a point that I said, okay, I'm going to go now. I've been doing it enough. I've been training enough now, and I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to ride with them. And I went out there the first time and thought I was going to die. <laughs> Came home. Fan was asking me, how was the ride? I'm like, it was good. <laughs> Toe up, messed up, because I needed to do some more training. That's what happens to us with the word. We get a little bit, and we think we got enough. And then we go up against the enemy, and we can't understand how we get beat down, because you don't trained enough to stand against the enemy. Training matters. What you doing? You're building spiritual muscle. Then what? Then what? The last point. Team, you can come on back. I'm almost done. Uh, then you got to stand ready. That's why I kept telling you, tell somebody to stand. See, see, you can't do this temporarily. You can't get just enough for today. You got to do it every day. That's why the scripture says, give me this day my daily bread. Every day you need to get something. Every day you need to be, you know, reloading your arsenal of weapons against the enemy. Because he's not going to quit. He's going to continue to come at you. Listen, in, in Luke 4 and 13, uh, you know, he talked about after he tried to tempt Jesus. This is what, look, 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 this is what it says. Verse 13, it says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. Uh, but catch the end of it until an opportune time. So if Jesus just put him in his place, took the rhema word of God, and just cut him all up. He went away wounded and beat and defeated. But in his mind, he said, I'll be back. That's what's happening with us. That's why the Bible says to stand. And when you stand, you're standing fully armored and ready for the next attack that the enemy's going to bring. You're not out here with your head buried in the sand like, 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 what's the animal? The bird, ostrich. No, you're watching. You're watching. And you're looking. And you're waiting. Why? Because you know he's coming. He don't give up. Matter of fact, in, in Ephesians, uh, in the sixth chapter, Paul was trying to get us to understand just how much we need to stand. That's why he, he mentions the word three times. He mentions it three times, verse 11, 13, and 14. He's telling us to stand. It's that important that you're ready when the enemy comes. I'm going to close with this story. 
Second Chronicles, 20th chapter. People of God were under a tremendous oppression. There was a battle. People were getting ready to attack them. King Jehoshaphat was leading the charge. They knew that the enemy was coming in, and the enemy was so powerful, so strong. They, oh my gosh, it put fear in so many. But, but he understood something. He understood that I know in our strength we can't do this, but I can do it in God's strength. And so, so, so the scripture says, hey, listen, he, he, you won't need to fight the battle. But you got to prepare yourself for the battle. See, it didn't say don't prepare. It said to stand fully armored. You're not fighting in your own strength. You're going to use your sword of the Spirit. So guess who's fighting the battle? The Word of God is fighting the battle. The Word of God is the, is the one that's going to stop the enemy, not you. He's not going to stop because you stood. He's going to stop because of the Spirit of God that's in you and the Word of God that you're using when you're swinging the word, that sword of the Spirit at him. And so, so he encouraged him to say, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow you're going to go out against them. But the Lord is going to be with you. But you got to go out. You got to prepare yourself for the battle. And you got to go in the midst of the war zone. But you don't have to worry about it. Because the weapon you got is the greatest weapon ever created. There'll never be a weapon that can compare to the Word of God. None. But Jehoshaphat, he... he he was being, he look, God, I'm going to be real with you. He, he prayed this prayer and said, God, we have no power against this great multitude that's coming. He realized in his own strength, we can't win. But he said, even though we know that, our eyes are on you. What was he saying? We're trusting in you. We're trusting in the power that you have to bring us victory. God heard the prayer and he provided the answer in verse 17. He says this, you're not going to need to fight the battle. But he says, position yourselves. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Stand on your feet. That's all God is telling us to do. See, we can be victorious, but we have to know that, 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 that there's an enemy that's coming against us. But God has given us everything we need to be victorious. The thing we have to do is, are we going to decide to put our trust in the weapon that he has given us to be victorious or we're going to try to do it in our own strength you'll lose every time in your own strength so we have to learn how to stand on God's word
We got to get us some it is written. I would encourage each of you. Matter of fact, I challenge each of you to begin today, not tomorrow, today. You need to begin to get some it is written, some rhema word that you can have in your heart to fight against the enemy and allow God's word to work on your behalf. Bow your heads today. Father, I believe today, God, that there are those in the midst of us today, God, that are standing strong in your word. God, they, they have the sword of the Spirit, God, working. They're using it skillfully. They're training. They're, they're standing there. They're doing all the things, God, to, to be the best soldier that they can be. But then there are those who haven't quite completed the basic training, but yet they're trying to go into the midst of the battle. They're going in unprepared. They're constantly being defeated. Besetting sins and all types of things are, are hindering them for being able to be that skillful soldier on the battlefield. I believe today is their day of victory over their lack today. I believe today that God wants us, number one, to ask him to forgive us for not standing, not keeping on his armor, but taking time off and not understanding why we're constantly fighting the same battles over and over and over and over again. God said today is the day that you can be victorious over that, but you have to do your part. See, he, he gave us the weapon, but we have to do our part to use the weapon, just like those Roman soldiers. See, they train with that gladius. During their training, they were given a sword that was about the same size, but it was a whole lot heavier than what the gladius sword would be. And they had to train with that thing. They had to learn how to use it, how to pull it out, how to swing it, how to protect themselves with it. If they were using something that was so much greater than the sword they were going to really have in their hand. So when they got skillful with that piece of wood, when their muscles got adjusted, you know, to, to using that big heavy piece, when they got that real thing in their hand, oh, they were so skillful. That's what God is saying to us today. Man, you got to train. You got to train and you got to train and you got to train and you got to train again. And you got to keep doing it. You got to keep training. You never get to the point where you got enough skill to put down the training. That's why he said to put on the whole arm of God. And after you do that, to stand. And so I'm going to take, I'm not going to take a long time. This is something that you already know. If you know that you've been defeated 
because you haven't been taking the time to train with the weapon God has given. I want you to come to the altar now. We're just going to pray over you. That's all. It's not to make you feel bad, not to make you, you know, not make you, not put you on the spot. But this is your opportunity. And I, listen, I, I told you something earlier today. Stop being afraid to let people know you need help. We all do. None of us are perfect. None of us are Jesus Christ. We all fall short. The Bible says that. The Bible lets us know. Yes. We all need to ask God to strengthen us, to help us to be stronger so that we can win the battle. See, we got to stop having to do a do-over because we, we, we didn't achieve it the first time, so we got to keep going back now so we can, we can get the victory. No. The victory is already ours. But if you're not properly trained and you're not ready, it's not going to work. That's why they have basic training. I've never been in the military, but I guarantee if you ask anybody that's been in the military, whatever weeks they do basic training, what is it, eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks? That's not the only training. They don't stop. Oh, I had basic, and I don't do no more training. No. They go out in the field. They have simulated things and situations they put you in so you'll know how to respond. I bet if you ask Dr. Darrell, he was flying a jet. He had to go out and train. I live near Langley. I see the jets every day. Ain't no war happening over there. They're out there every day doing stuff. What are they doing? They're training. If they wait for the day of the battle for the first time for them to go up in the air, oh, we're going to have trouble in America. If the only training the soldiers got was basic, we in trouble. Because most of the time, people struggle through basic training. They be just trying to make it. Body got to get adjusted. Mind got to get adjusted. Feet got to get used to wearing boots. And if that's all we did, we in trouble. And if that's all you do, if the only time you read the Word of God is when you come to church on Sundays, you in trouble. Because you're not training yourself. I'm going to pray for these that's at the altar today. Those of you online today, God is here today to give you victory. Today is the day of victory. So if you want victory today, and my wife and I, we the pastors of the church, and we just made one of the things my wife, she shared with me last week. She said, honey, I've been really praying, asking God. I know it's even more that he want to show us in his word. Well, the only way we're going to find out the more is what? We got to spend even more time in his word. Maybe sometimes we want to watch something on television or sometimes we want to do something else. We got to open up the word. 
That's the only way we're going to get the more. And if you don't desire the more, the battle's coming. War's raging. There's the enemy. Oh, he's, 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 he's tracking you down. Only a matter of time. I want all of us to be ready when he comes our way so we can beat him down with the word of God. Lift your hands to God today. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, God, that we have victory over the enemy. Lord, that we, oh God, don't have to walk in, through this life defeated, but we can walk, God, victorious. Lord, you've given us your written word, your logos word, you've given us your rhema. God, you've given us a word for every situation and every circumstance that we come up against. And I pray today, God, for those that have their hands lifted today, God, those that have taken this step today, I'll just say, God, I need more. I, I, I just need to have more understanding of your word. I pray even now, God, that from this point on, this day forward, God, that they would make that a priority, God. They'll realize that it's not personal, God. But Lord, that they have to train. They have to spend time in your word to become skillful in using it. And even after doing that, God, they're standing ready, waiting, looking for the enemy. Ain't no sneak attack because we know he's coming and we're already ready to defeat him when he does. Lord, I thank you for that right now. I thank you for each one today, God, who desires to have that more. God, I desire to have that more, God, because I want to, Lord, I don't want a circumstance or a situation to ever come my way that I don't have a word, God, to defend and defeat the enemy. So, Lord, we thank you for that right now. God, I pray for this congregation today, those that have joined us in this sanctuary and those that joined us by way of live stream today, that you would, God, do the same in their lives. God, be with us, oh God, today, and we ask that you continue to walk with us, lead us, and guide us. Speak to us through the word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.